0: Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7-10 to minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Alright, this week we are reading the exciting parsha about Jacob's wrestling match with somebody, and about his name being changed from Jacob to Israel. But before I get too deeply into that, I have some thank yous to say. I want to thank seven new weekly supporters of 7 Minute Torah. Some of them we have their names, others are anonymous. So a big thank you to Bob Hammer, to Ann and Rick Streifer, to Jeremy Manat, and to Alden Salovey. Alden has actually been a guest on 7-Minute Torah before. He and I talked back in March about Shemini. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to my interview with Alden. But in the meantime, thank you to him. Thank you to the other three sponsors I mentioned, and to three additional anonymous weekly supporters, all of whom have chosen to give a small amount each week to support the production of this podcast, to support the creation of quality liberal Jewish learning. Thank you. And speaking of learning, the parsha we read this week is very much about the ways that we learn and the ways that we grow as human beings. We're reading Vayishlach. Vayishlach starts at Genesis chapter 32, verse 4 and goes to chapter 36, verse 43. It tells the story, the continuation of the story of Jacob. Of course, we met Jacob two weeks ago, along with his brother Esau. We watched him swindle his brother out of the family birthright. We watched him lie to their father to get the blessing that should have been Esau's. We watched him run away to the land of Paddan Aram, where he met Not one, not two, but four women and married them all, had 12 children so far with one more who will be born this week, and ultimately made his way back toward the land of Israel. So now, 20 years later, Jacob's about to meet Esau for the first time in decades. He's about to see the brother that he swindled and cheated, and Jacob is understandably afraid. In fact, the Parsha tells us that Jacob is afraid. That's the very context in which the wrestling match takes place. It says, Vayakum balailahu. Jacob got up that very night. And when it says that very night, it means the night on which he had just uttered a prayer in which he very vulnerably admitted to God how afraid he was of meeting Esau the next morning. So, Vayakum balailahu, that very night, he arose, taking his two wives, his maidservants, and his eleven sons. He crossed the ford of the Jabbok River. After taking them across the stream, he sent across all his possessions. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. Now, this wrestling match is extraordinarily mysterious. We're never told the name of the man that he's wrestling with. We're never told exactly why they're wrestling. All we know is that they wrestle all night long. And before he leaves him, this mysterious man harms Jacob. It says he wrenched Jacob's hip at the socket. And we even see Jacob limping away. And then he gives Jacob a new name. He says... Loya Akovya Amer od Shimcha, your name will no longer be Yaakov, Jacob, Kiim Yisrael, but rather Yisrael or Israel, Kisarita im Elohim veim Anashim Vatuchal, because you have striven with beings divine and human, and you have prevailed. This is a really important moment on a bunch of levels. First of all, on the national level, this is the first time that the name Yisrael, the name Israel, is mentioned in the Torah. That, of course, is the name of our people. Jacob is the eponymous ancestor. Jacob is the ancestor who represents the people. His twelve sons will become the twelve tribes. And so, in a sense, this is the beginning, or a beginning, Of the Jewish story, since we also could argue that the Jewish story begins with Abraham, or that it begins with the Exodus, or maybe more accurately, that it begins in all of those places in various ways. This is the moment in which the people of Israel comes into existence. On a much more personal level for Jacob, this is an important watershed moment. He's leaving behind the life that he's lived for the last however many decades, And he's entering into something new. In fact, he's becoming something new, as evidenced by the new name that he's given. So the commentators want to know who Jacob has been wrestling with all night. And it won't surprise you to learn that they have a few theories. Now, as usual, the commentators don't agree on who this person is, but there is one thing that they almost universally agree with, which is that this is no ordinary person. Even though the Torah says, Ish, a man. The commentators agree that this is no regular man. Jacob's not just wrestling with a random guy. And of course, we already have evidence of that from the Parsha, where it says you have striven or you have wrestled with beings divine and human. So there's something divine going on here. Some of the commentators believe that this wrestling partner was Esau's guardian angel, that he was here to weaken Jacob on the eve of his confrontation with Esau, or that he was here to teach Jacob that he was capable of confronting Esau. If you can beat an angel, then you can beat your brother, something like that. For others of the commentators, it's an angel, but not a bad angel, not an enemy angel. This is from Rabbi Ovadia Sforno, a 16th century Italian commentator. He says that this was definitely an angel and that the purpose of the encounter was to demonstrate that God will save Jacob and his children from all their confrontations with Esau throughout history. So this harkens back to the idea that Esau represents not just a biblical character, but also various embodiments of adversary that the Jews have known throughout their history, the Roman Empire, those who have persecuted the Jews. And Sforno comes along and says that there's a message here that you're going to wrestle with them. There are going to be ups and downs, but there will be salvation in the end. That's an interesting interpretation, considering how much of Jewish history has been filled with persecution and with struggle, and that, like Jacob, we we keep wrestling, we keep struggling, we keep moving our way forward, trying to do our best in the world. But my favorite answer to who was Jacob wrestling with is the answer that says that maybe he wasn't wrestling with anybody else at all. Rabbi Avram Bornstein, who is a 19th century rabbi and the rebbe of the Sochach Hasidic dynasty, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or not, he argues that Jacob was wrestling not with an outside force, whether human or divine, but with his own yetzerah, with his own evil inclination, and that it appeared to him sometimes as a well, he says a heathen, a non-believer, and other times as a righteous person, and that Jacob had to wrestle with these various aspects of himself. And the Eitz Chaim commentary, which is the conservative movement's commentary, agrees. It says this may be an account of Jacob's wrestling with his conscience. Jacob is torn in this moment between running away, avoiding, doing what he's been doing for the last 20 years... And moving forward, confronting his brother, confronting what he's most afraid of, maybe confronting his own past and his own actions. And so, in a sense, the person that Jacob most needs to wrestle with in this moment is Jacob, is his own self. And maybe that's why we're never told who it is he's wrestling with all night, because maybe. He's not wrestling with anybody besides his own self and his own knowledge that he cannot move forward, he cannot go home, until he's begun to come to terms with his own actions. And that's why after wrestling, his name is changed because, and here I'm quoting the Eitz Chaim again, he outgrows his Jacob identity as the trickster and becomes Israel, the one who contends with God and people instead of avoiding or manipulating them. Now, I just have to say, I'm not sure Jacob has entirely outgrown his trickster self. Jacob is far from perfect, and we will continue to see Jacob's imperfections as the story goes on. And yet, I think we're seeing a watershed moment here. And it's a moment that cries out to all of us. None of us are perfect. We all have our faults. We're all Jacob in a sense. We may not do exactly the things that Jacob does, but we have that Jacob side to us, that Jacobness to us. But also we all have the capacity to be Yisrael. We all can struggle with our own actions. We all can hold ourselves to a higher standard, even if we don't always meet it. And so I think the wrestling here is symbolic of a kind of awareness that allows us to do that. Jacob, of course, doesn't give up his name. Jacob continues to be referred to as Jacob for the rest of his life, even though he also is Yisrael. And we're the same. We don't just, bam, wrestle with our angels and defeat them and move on. We wrestle every day with ourselves, with our tendencies and our temptations and our beliefs and our goals and the places where we want to be and the places where we've been. We are wrestling beings. We become Yisrael every day of our lives. And that, I think, is the other sense in which Jacob is us. We are always wrestling. We are always in the process of becoming. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. To join one of our new weekly Torah study discussions on Zoom, go to micastreifer.com and click on Torah Study.